Welcome to Automotive Insiders, the podcast series presented by OESA, the Original Equipment Suppliers Association. You'll hear from automotive industry experts on the critical issues that are impacting the mobility landscape. Get actionable insights on how to thrive in Automotive 2.0. Now, here's your Automotive Insiders host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome to OESA Automotive Insiders. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Very happy to be here. And we have a topic that is probably not quite top of mind, but relevant to anybody who's ever heard of electric vehicles. You need to charge them somewhere. My very special guest today is Brandy L. Matthew. She's an attorney and member with Kerr Russell and Weber Law. I'm going to welcome you, Brandy, and I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself and tell us what does the law have to do with charging stations. But first, who are you? What's your background? And why do you focus on automotive? Welcome, Brandy. Thank you. Yeah. So I have been an attorney for 20 years, which is uh, when when I look at the dates, I think no, that's not possible. But yeah, it's true. Uh, so so practicing for twenty years, and in the last seven, I've really been um, very involved in the automotive industry, representing a very large uh, international automotive manufacturer. And um, out of that relationship came the sort of the need for electric vehicle charging stations, and uh, sort of a journey that began uh, about almost five years ago. Uh, so it's been, it's been pretty interesting. Uh, as far as cars go, I mean, born and raised in the city of Detroit, everybody has a car story, right? Yes. Uh, so, <laughs> right. My whole family uh, started uh, working for Ford Motor Company on the line, um, almost the entire, the entire gang. So uh, aunts, uncles, uh, whatnot. I was one of the first people in my family to pursue a, a career that required a, a degree. And then, in fact, another degree beyond it. So uh, a little bit different than my background. And um, my first car, just to, in case anybody needs to know, it was, of course, a Ford because, again, they work on a line. But it was a used Ford. It was a stick shift. I learned how to drive on a stick shift. Wow. What was the car? What model was it? It was a Ford Escort. Very interesting. I was waiting for Mustang to pop up there somewhere. Did you? Did you? No, eventually... no, that, that was later. <laughs> that was later. <laughs> what year was your Mustang, and what color? Can you tell me? It, it was a, a nineteen ninety two red Mustang. Wow! Very, very. Oh, cool. wow, it's very exciting. You know. Thank you. I now, thought Brandy... it was very cool at the time. <laughs> well, everybody <laughs> thought it was very cool at the time. Some people think it's still cool, and we're in twenty twenty one. Brandy. Real estate law. Now, this might yeah. seem like, why are you here? In auto? You're, you're not talking automotive law. You're talking real estate law. But a charging station has a footprint, right? It has to be somewhere physically. So real estate, it, it's a connection. When I, I read that you were going to be my guest, I said, what does one thing have to do with another? And you sent me notes. And I said, wow, that's interesting. This is something I don't think a lot of people are talking about or aware of. So why don't we go through some of the parameters of your interest in this, Brandy? And well, let's start with, commercial electric vehicle charging station installations, putting it somewhere. What are the legal implications that our viewership, by the way, these are OESA members and probably colleagues, family, friends, and fans all over the world are going to hear this, this conversation we're having. So what do they need to know, Brandy? 
So no pressure is really what you're saying. (laughs) Just they're everywhere, but hey, no, no problem. Yeah. 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 No. uh, So really what's fascinating when you stop to think about electric vehicle charging stations is that, you know, um, whilst we need to create a network across the country and then, of course, internationally when when the time comes, but focusing mostly in in the United States, because that's where I I practice, um, when you have to create a network um, across the country, um, you run into some very interesting decision making, in particular with respect to where do I put this? Where, you know, what's the best place for it to go? And of course, uh, dense urban populations are where we see the most electric vehicles starting, right? That's where Mm -hmm. the most population of people who have them. Mm -hmm. But in dense urban populations, we have used, the land's already used up. I mean, there's already things there, right? There's already improvements. Mm -hmm. So you're not generally going to see, you know, an electric vehicle charging station just sort of in its own in the wild, <laughs> if you will, it's going to be tied to some other improvements, some other uh, sort of destination. Because the other thing that's different about an electric vehicle charging versus stopping off at the gas station is you have a quick run in, right? You have however long it takes to pump your gas, you run in, you maybe grab a soda or a water and a bag of chips if you're on a, on a long road trip, but you're, you're not really spending a whole lot of time there. Um, with electric vehicle charging, you're going to be there for a little bit longer. And some of the you know, more recent improvements with um, with some some fast charge stations, there's still about 30 minutes to 45 minutes, depending on how long. So if you're if you're going to be sitting somewhere for 30 to 45 minutes, you probably want to do something. And maybe you're going to be one of those people who likes to play on their phone, and that's all you need. But other people feel like they want to get out of the car and do something. So there's a natural pairing to put electric vehicle charging stations in destinations where people are going to go to spend a 30 to 45 minute time period. So now you're looking at pairing up your station with, with a location that's going to probably create some sympathetic relationships, right? You want people, you know, the, 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 site host, the owner of the property, is really desirous of having these people come onto their site. Maybe they have a shopping center and they are trying to draw in clientele. They want customers, people who are going to come in and buy stuff from the stores. Uh, and for the charging station, obviously, it's good because it's part of the, it's, it's an entree into a community that may otherwise be unavailable because the land's already been used. It's already been accounted for. Someone else is already there doing something with it. So that's probably the first step, right, is finding a location. Mm-hmm. And and that by itself can be challenging because now you've got to negotiate a land deal for a small piece of property that's part of a much bigger piece of property. You have little control over certain things, but mm-hmm. parts of it you have to control. Where do you put it within the parking lot? What do you have to comply with as far as laws go? What, what rules apply? And some jurisdictions have decided to treat electric vehicle charging stations like they're gas stations, and they're not. I mean, you don't have underground storage tanks full of fuel. That, that's, not really, that's, not, that's not really the right model. Um, so it's, it's really, you start to see some really interesting complications as 
you start to try and roll these out. And, and municipalities are also trying to create that infrastructure to, you know, recognizing the import of having this infrastructure available to residents is, is you know, it's a, it's a good goal for municipalities to have, but um, putting some thought into the rules and regulations that apply to them is, is something that needs to happen. Very interesting, Brandy. I, I never thought about it. I'm thinking of the movie uh, Field of Dreams, build it and people think <laughs> it's build it and they will come. It's actually build it and he will come, Shoeless Joe Jackson, but we won't go into the movie review. So, the, so it needs to be somewhere where people would have been going anyway. They will need a charging mm-hmm. station to charge the car. They need to spend, you're saying, 30 minutes at least in that mm-hmm. location. They're wanting to do mm-hmm. something. Uh, we can Now we could talk about the zoning. We can talk about utilities. We can talk about ADA. The impact of these charging stations on the power grid, that's been an issue from the beginning, hasn't it? Is it going to drain the local area? You mentioned there are no underground tanks because it's not gasoline storage, but there is a, a local impact on the power grid and the availability of power supply. So let's go into some of the, I know you're not giving legal advice here. That's what we're yes, doing. No, no, but let's that. talk about <laughs> ADA compliance, zoning, utilities, easements. Why don't you just briefly touch on a couple of those, Brandy? Sure. I, I will say um, as, a, as a real estate attorney, um, ADA compliance is something that is sort of real estate adjacent, right? Um, it's, not, it's not the primary focus of what my normal practice looks like. But when you start to look at things like electric vehicle charging stations and their existence within another already existing infrastructure, you come up with some really complicated considerations. So um, let, me, let me just paint a picture for you, for example. So you, um, you roll up to the local Target and you wanna charge your vehicle. And from Target's perspective, what are they thinking? They're thinking, you know, I, I don't really want your charging stations right up front by my front door. Because they kind of, you know, like take away from my my model, my vision, my brand. So I'm going to create this spot for you out in the parking lot, a little bit further away from my front door. People who can come and can show up can then park there and plug in their car. And that, that'll be better from, from my perspective. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe. Um, but let's look at what the ADA says about things. Because what happens when somebody who has an electric vehicle and is also in need of an ADA compliant parking space shows up at, at your store to charge their vehicle. Now you have to make sure that the path from the vehicle to the door of the store is ADA compliant, which means ramps and access points. And now that parking lot space or choice might look a little different to what you're because what is it that the person is showing up at the store for are they coming to go shopping and incidentally charge their vehicle or are they coming to charge their vehicle and incidentally going to the store and does it matter because um, if if one of them is the primary purpose of having the charging station what which what how does the ada comply do i need to put that charging station closer to the front door just by virtue of the fact that I'm offering another service, which is shopping in my store. And so there are lots of implications, lots of decision-making and creating access points um, for, for somebody who is going to benefit from the ADA requirements is sort of 
paramount to making sure we choose the right location for those vehicles, for, for those charging stations, and and to create a welcoming environment for the people who are going to show up. So uh, that's, you know, just really complicated. It got really complicated really quick in just a minute, right? It did. And what about zoning laws? Are municipalities saying, wow, we'd love to have a charging station every half a mile along this, let's say this um, uh, commercial strip, if you will, or the shopping center area. But then the, the powers that be in the community say, no, we don't want that many. Let's make only one per per mile, let's say. Are zoning laws starting to come into effect? Well, you know, when they want to put in certain types of schools in a community, Brandy, they say, well, it will mean more parking and more traffic, parents dropping off, teachers arriving, school buses. What are we doing to our traffic patterns? So you're right. There's an implication not only for ADA access, but how many mm-hmm. people will be using it? How big is the charging station? How many bays? I don't know if I'm using the right word. Will there be stalls thank you how many people yeah. will be able to get in will will there be line we just we just went through and we're still going through the ramifications of a ransomware attack on a gasoline pipeline distributor in sure. the US and i saw locally i'm in durham north carolina and i saw cars lined up down tw alexander drive which is near me into a bp station at a harris theater shopping center they were lined up down waiting to get in because they feared there was a shortage i don't know whether there really was but they thought there was or they made it into a shortage so what if people what if somebody's on a trip and they need to charge their electric vehicle and the line is out of that parking lot area? Where do they wait if they're almost out of power? It, it sounds to me like there are a lot of social implications as well as physical location implications. Can you take us through that zoning issue? What are you experiencing? What are you observing? So probably the most interesting aspect of it is that electric vehicle charging stations are so new that most zoning codes don't have, don't, don't allow for them. They're not a permitted use in any particular zone because they're not something that existed when the code was written. So you don't look and see, um, oh, electric vehicle charging stations are permissible use in the business zone. They're just mm-hmm. not there. So you don't have a designation automatically identified as a place that's appropriate for an electric vehicle charging station. And so this is, again, going back to the classification of of people utilizing them or or putting them in the same category as as a fueling station, Uh, because, you know, in in some perverse way, they are fueling stations, they just a different type of fuel. So people think, oh, that's what they should be. Some of the challenges with that, though, are that the environmental implications of an electric vehicle charging station versus the environmental implications of a gas station are some, mm-hmm. somewhat different. And, and so um, the limitations that might apply about where you would want one in a, maybe a residential neighborhood relative to a gas station, surely you know everybody understands why nobody wants to live next door to a gas station. Mm-hmm. But is the, do the same implications really matter for an electric vehicle charging station? I'm sure it's like every other question in the law. It depends, right? The answer to every question anybody has ever asked me with a legal sort of bend to it, the answer is always the same. It depends. depends. So I'm sure it depends here as well. Um, So, you know, probably taking really good close look at our zoning laws and, Mm -hmm. and sort of creating an environment that is encouraging for the development of electric vehicle charging stations is going to be 
one of the best ways to to sort of propel the development of electric vehicle charging stations across the country forward in a meaningful way so that there's more than one path from you know the east coast to the west coast uh, and and we can allow people access to so many other places between hither and yon um, whereas if we if we don't put that infrastructure in place there's going to be winners and losers for sure and it's gonna, the winners are going to be the ones that happen to be located on a path where there's an electric vehicle charging station. So uh, that's just the truth of it. Brandy, I'm thinking that when people plan a trip, a long distance voyage, if you will, or a trek or a journey or a sojourn, whatever, yeah. whatever word you want to use to make it very charming. They now, instead of saying, where is the KOA campground? We're going to, where are those? Or where are the major yeah. sites we want to see? Or where are the motels that will allow us with five kids and three dogs to, to go in? Yeah. Yes. Or, or a parking lots or something. They now have to say, we have to map our trip to the charging stations. This yes. is that's a whole new concept of trip plan, but that's that's a whole other episode. Brandy, one more question, and, and I really appreciate all the information. I, something I don't think most people think about this stuff, and they will have to, whether you're the consumer of the charging station service or utility, or whether you're, and here's my question, ownership. Who owns these? Mm-hmm. Are these owned by corporations? Are these franchised out? Hey, I want to buy a gas station. Well, let's see whether the BP has a place in your neighborhood. I want to own a charging station. Who owns mm-hmm. these? How do you get to own one of these? Do you want to own one of these? Brandy? <laughs> and remember what I said earlier about every legal question ever? It, it depends. depends. <laughs> yes. Gotcha. So, <laughs> so there are companies out there who are, you know, sort of the the BPs of the electric vehicle charging world um, where they own uh, a network and infrastructure across the country to supply electric vehicle charging to their many, many, many users. Uh, And then there are companies and businesses that are looking to acquire these stations, not necessarily for public consumption, but for their own fleet of vehicles. So, you know, you see a company that has uh, does all local deliveries around a, a neighborhood or around a community, and they've realized that utilization of electric vehicles will be better for their overall brand, their impact on the environment. So they, they want to have uh, a fleet of vehicles, but it makes them a little bit uncomfortable to have a fleet of vehicles and have to rely on a third party to be able to utilize them to go to a station somewhere else. So they want to have those stations installed right on their sites, and and that's available too. So um, there are there are companies that are you know sort of creating their own system where they bill the user at the end directly from the from right from the charging station. Uh, then there's the people like at the fleet level where they're not really charging the individual. There's no cost to the individual charging unit itself because those units are owned by the same party that owns the fleet. Um, So yeah, and putting them in, you know, where are you going to find electric vehicle charging stations? You're going to find them in some of those places that you just talked about when you're planning your cross-country trip, right? You're going to find them in in campgrounds. You're going to find them in hotels. You're going to find them in shopping centers. You're going to find them, you know, in, in, in all of the places where people will require access in order to get from one place to another. 
Thank you very mm-hmm. much. Brandy, any closing words for our audience? I know everybody's going to be very interested and intrigued by the, of course, it depends comment, but also <laughs> the idea that if you're thinking of buying or investing in an electric vehicle, just a car or, or a camper or RV, whatever size you want, whatever usage you plan for yourself or your family, your travels, your business, whatever it is, there are ideas of where will you find them and who will be offering that charging station. How do you get to it? How do you access it? Will it be safe? Will it be convenient? Will it be local to whatever? I I just want to make a comment. I I know that Kohl's made a deal with Amazon early on for returns. I don't know if you're aware of this, but interesting. If you go to Kohl's and they have a sign, Amazon returns, you go to a separate counter, you you don't box anything. You just hand it to the person at the, the, the agent, the clerk, whatever the cashier, they scan it with your QR code you got for the return from Amazon. They package it, box it, you get a receipt, but you get a coupon for 25% off, I think, anything you buy at Kohl's that day. So they're saying, hey, we'll welcome the Amazon returns into our store. We'll do the labor, but we want you to stay and shop. So the idea that a charging station in a a retail location, as you said, what are people going to do for that 30 minutes or more when their vehicle is charging? That that will probably spawn some kind of retail outreach, wouldn't you think? Where they'll say, I, hey, you come here and we will offer you XYZ in return for your coming into our retail establishment and doing some kind of a shopping or doing some online shopping while you're waiting for the vehicle. Anyway, interesting. I think we need to have you back at some point in the future when this develops more. Brandy, uh, thank you so much. Any any parting words you have for our OESA audience? Anything you want to say? Other than it depends, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I would just say um, for those of uh, those who are really interested in adopting the electric vehicle, the other really cool thing is that you can actually get a charger installed in your own garage. So. So there, you, you don't even have to necessarily rely on the ones in the wild, if you will. But um, you can, you can certainly they don't they don't charge nearly as quickly as the ones in the wild. Yep. But you know, hey, ones in the wild, and yeah. then there'll be implications if the neighbors find out and and everything is going down that people can't get their TVs to go on at night. Like, oh, it's Bob. <laughs> He's charging that darn RV in his <laughs> behind the garage. Go, go, take care of Bob. Okay, yeah, we'll we'll have to talk about Bob. <laughs> of his home and and everything. Brandy Matthew, it's been such a pleasure talking to you, learning from you. Uh, thank you for sharing your time and your knowledge. I, I was so intrigued when they proposed the topic and I said, what, a real estate lawyer on OESA? Automotive Insiders, yeah. the answer is, heck yes. And it doesn't depend. Yeah. You've got great information. Please give our regards to everybody at Kerr-Russell. We've had so many of your colleagues and Rebecca Wenglinski has been uh, involved with this over the, over the year that we've been doing these. So thank you so much for your time and let's wave goodbye to Automotive Insiders. A shout out to Drew Rhodes and April Buford at OESA and Julie Freem and Adam Slayman who helped put this all together. Bonnie D. Graham signing off. Have a great day. Drive safe and charge. Bye. (laughs) Thanks again for tuning in to Automotive Insiders presented by OESA. Listen at your convenience to industry thought leaders as they discuss the ever-evolving industry and how companies can thrive in the new mobility landscape. All episodes are on demand on the Voice America Business Channel and at OESA.org. Automotive Insider is presented by the Original Equipment Suppliers Association.